everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is called... Point Break. Nope. I am an FBI agent. Except it's not called Point Break, is it? Guess not. It's really close. But you told me it was, didn't you? No, I did not. You certainly did tell me it was called Point Break, and I repeated it back to you, and you said Point Break. No, no, no. Are you pronouncing your L's weird? No. Even today, you said Point Break. I said, no, blank, Point Break, Point Blank. And then I said, it's Point Blank. And then you said, are you going to do that thing? And I said, I definitely will do that thing. The thing that I just did. Oh, that's why you said it. Not because you knew it sounded close, because you thought that's actually what I said. Can you say point blank five times fast right now or three times fast? Point blank, point blank, point blank. Are you hearing point break? No, I'm hearing point blank. So I'm wondering who's having the stroke is what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> it's one of us. Which one of us needs to go to hospital? Most likely it's me because I do love point break so much. So it's probably me. Is it possible that you said it? Like, because you love Point Break so much? Yeah, it's definitely possible. Or you said it one time and then every, I couldn't get rid of it any time after that? You couldn't undo it? Yeah, no, I probably said Point Break. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, here we are. It's not called Point Break. <laughs> point Break. Point, it sounds weird now, though, but the more you say it, Point Break even sounds weird. Oh, God. <laughs> we are not covering the Keanu Reeves-Patrick Swayze phenomenon, which is Point Break. Don't forget Lori Petty. Lori Petty phenomenon that is point break. <laughs> Don't forget Gary Busey. I wish I could forget Gary Busey. Press on. <laughs> I wish there was a movie instead of forgetting Sarah Marshall. It was called Forgetting Gary Busey. That would be great. It's called point blank, which is a murder term. It's a shooting term. It should be what the dateline is called, not point break. But I really wish it was called point break. Also, it's only mentioned point blank, that phrase, like one time and has really nothing to do with the actual story, like nothing to do with the actual story. I mean, like probably eight out of 10 shootings on Dateline could be called point blank. I'm not going to tell you that when I was watching the episode, the moment it finally occurred to me that this was not called point break because it wasn't (laughs) when I loaded up the episode. It wasn't when I clicked on it. Even though it said it in the description. Nothing to do with any of that. It was when they say that term, the one time they say it. Right. And I heard point blank and I said, oh my goodness, this is called point blank. (laughs) And then I wrote you a friendship breakup letter. Dear (laughs) Kimberly. (laughs) Don't be fine with it. Why do you always say that's fine? You never take me seriously. Because I understand. I would break up with myself too. I get it. (laughs) It's not like, sure, I accept that. I'm totally fine with that. It's like a, that's valid. You should have done it years ago. That's understandable. (laughs) That's what that I understand means. No, instead I made you my maid of honor. Yeah. You got, you went up in the ranks instead of down. You keep going up. Big mistake. Yeah. Huge. (laughs) So this episode is season 29, episode 15. It aired on November 20th, 2020, the worst year of our Lord. Andrea has been working this case since 2013 when she was pregnant with, I believe, her fourth child. She now has six. Andrea opens the episode by saying, look carefully, and she shows us some footage, and ask yourself if you can trust your own eyes. Is this a woman, a man, 
a crocodile? No, I wish she had just started jumping species. But she says, a woman, a man, a murderer. Can you trust your own eyes, Katie? I couldn't in this because I was dead wrong about what or whom that was. So. (laughs) So the answer is no. And I'm hoping that you weren't right either. I was wrong as well. I was struggling. I was pausing. I was like, what are we looking at? <laughs> this episode takes place in Bakersfield, California. Janae Chance. J-E-N-E-A, I think. That's how I spelled it. Jane with an A at the end. She's an elementary school principal, and she's our main interview. Now, she's a curvier gal, and I only mention that to paint a picture because it becomes relevant later. Thank you. So Janae's husband, Todd Chance, left the house one morning. And a few hours later, the police show up at Janae's house and tell them that Todd has been found dead in an almond grove because Bakersfield grows more almonds there than anywhere else in the world. Surprise, surprise. No idea. I didn't know California grew almonds. I didn't know anything. Todd has been shot twice in the chest at point blank range. There we go. The penny drops. We're all on the same page. Now forget about it because it's never going to be referenced the rest of the episode. Okay. Except they don't tell us exactly how he's shot until the end. And I think that's really important and we should know it now. And they don't tell us. I'm making a gesture at Kimberly. Nobody can see me, but I'm showing her what I'm talking about. She's flipping me the bird, you guys. (laughs) I'm also doing that in the process, but that's about something else rude quite possibly that you led me to believe this episode was called point break (laughs) well deserved (laughs) janae tells police that todd had told her that he was going to the gun show that day with his dad so the police go to the dad and the dad's like uh what we weren't supposed to go to the gun show i haven't talked to him about it So basically, right away, the police have discovered a lie that Todd told his wife a lie about where he was going that day. But the dad doesn't counter it completely, right? He doesn't say we weren't going to the gun show. He says, I hadn't heard from Todd that day. It wasn't that we weren't going. It's just that he hadn't told me yet that we were going. The dad kind of leaves it wide open. Did you notice that? He didn't definitively say that that was a lie. He was just trying to be like, I wasn't aware that that was what we were doing. He didn't reach out to me. That's where Todd was supposed to be at that time when he was murdered. So the dad should have already known. But couldn't it be maybe Todd had decided to go by himself to the gun show? Gun show party of one. As he was driving to the dad's house and then the dad's house and being like, I I hate my dad. No. No, I don't think it was that serious. I think it was just that I'm going to I'm going to solo it today because I don't know how long I'm going to be there. Sometimes my dad wants to look too long and I just want to go in and out gun show in and out. that's fair so he said Janae I'm going with my dad to the gun show I have I haven't told my dad yet I was just gonna drive over and pick him up surprise him with the trip to the gun show they live in the same town it's true maybe they do a lot of pop-ins I mean I could pop into my mom if she wasn't living with me and say mom do you want to go to the this is if I wasn't in quarantine I'm imagining a world where I'm going to things Right. No, you would be like, do you want to go TJ Maxx, mom? And you could would just go. I'd be like, do you have that return or do you want to come with me? And then we would just go. I can buy that. See, it could happen. Good point. Thank Nicely you. done. <laughs> Thanks, Captain. But so Todd had no enemies. Unsure who his killer 
is, I don't know why I'm saying that. That's the plot of every Dateline. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine like... at the very beginning and Andrea's like, and the killer is, and now we're going to work backwards and describe to you exactly how it happened. We've done that. We've done that once in a while, but it's like a fancy Dateline. It's like where they switch things up and everything's fancy. Yeah. So Todd's sneakers were clean and by clean, like sparkling white. I felt like very white. And the ground at the fields is like powdery dust. So they felt like he didn't walk out of a car. He was dragged out of a car. But wouldn't his shoes still be a little dusty? The backs would be. Yeah, the backs would be dusty. Like the heel area would be dusty. But the weird thing is I feel like, oh no, it's August. I was going to say because in the fall, seeing I grew up in this area, the ground gets a little wet but not in August. So I thought that was a huge clue that the bottom of his, I went, oh, and Ollie goes, mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I love when Oliver watches with you. He did. He watched half of this with me. So I have halfway point Oliver. He doesn't know what happened though. I think he's going to be shocked. I think so too. It would only make sense to me if like someone, Lou Ferrigno came and like picked up Todd out of the car and then dropped him down on the field. It seems extensive or that he was shot. Oh, no, because he would have had to be standing on the ground. Right. He would have had to get out, stand, and then fallen backwards, but he still would have been standing on the dirt. It would be a little bit dirty, and they were sparkly clean. What if he's sitting in the passenger seat, shot, so his body kind of slumps towards the passenger side door. Then the person, the driver goes around, opens the passenger side door, his body tumbles out, and then they just drive away. And they didn't have to do any heavy lifting. There would be blood in the car, gunshot residue, something, if they were shot that close in the car. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. So I think that we have found out how the shoes were clean is that they were wiped clean. That's possible too. Yes, it is. But why? Because of the blood. But they would know he was shot, so why would they care if his shoes were bloody? It must be something about tracks or something. I don't know. Okay. So Todd's parents are adorable in matching plaid shirts. Todd grew up as a country boy. He had pet pigs growing up. We get to see some footage. FFA, Future Farmers of America. I wasn't in it. Had a lot of friends, though. Jealous. Are you? No. I mean, do you have to kill the animals? No, it's they raise animals, but it's at the Tulare County Fair is a big deal. The people showing the animals that they've raised from FFA and they have competitions. It's like banned for farmers. Yeah, it's fun. I just like being around animals, but I don't want to show them or anything. So Todd and Janae had been married for 15 years. She had a child from her first marriage. She was burned by her first husband. So as she tells Andrea, she was looking for an ugly fat man to cherish her. Because ugly fat men never cheat. <laughs> That's the rule. That's a song. Do you remember that? If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty, pretty woman your wife. So from my personal point of view, get an ugly girl to marry you. A pretty face hasn't that was in Mermaids. Mermaids is one of the best movies ever. With Cher, yeah, and Christina Ricci. Winona Ryder. Christina Ricci, Bob Hoskins. So good. I used to watch that every week. I got to rewatch. I got to do that again. I liked that. And she's raising those girls, right? And she's like kind of a hectic mom, but she's a good mom and she loves them. Yeah. And the little girl's obsessed with death. Yes. And also 
Michael Schoffling from 16 Candles is in it. Mm. Super hot. I forgot. So back to the story. She wanted a cute, ugly, fat man, but she found a cute ladies man in Todd, but he was also nice. And he was a gentleman and they got married and had two kids together. He was a trucker, but he would stay home with the kids if they were sick because she was a big shot principal. So he supported her career. He has a nice 90s mustache going on and seems like a good guy in the photos. He's handsome. Yeah. When they got married, her daughter was a miniature bride. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel good about it. I think if you wanted to include her because you're marrying someone who's not her dad, I feel like it's a great way to do it to make it like, it's not just my day, it's your day too, because she seemed to be about 12. And that's about the right age that you want to be doing that, 10 to 12. Why can't they just be like a special maid of honor? I think it depends on how difficult that kid is. It's possible. Yeah, I'm going to reserve all judgment. I think you should agree with me. Okay. (laughs) I really don't like it. But if you've done it, I'm sure it was beautiful. Me? But no, I know you didn't do it. I was at your wedding. I'm saying if if you guys did it, I have no judgment. I'm saying I think there are reasons. Yeah, no, I'm sure. And I'm sure they come from very good reasons. Yes. I did not find it offensive or I was like, okay, that's what they needed to do to get through that day. Okay. That's fair. That's valid. Mm-hmm. So you're saying the daughter's was difficult. <laughs> I'm not saying she was difficult. I'm saying there's a reason she's dressed up like a bride too. And I don't <laughs> think it's because the mom wanted to create a mini me. I think it was definitely about welcoming and inviting. And I just feel like with some children, you might have to do that. I understand. That's fa- that's valid. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's totally valid. She doesn't seem like that anymore. But yeah. we don't know. We don't know what she was like then. So Todd drove loud and fast cars. He loved them. And he would brag about how loud his exhaust was, which I found very annoying. I was like, Todd, I know you're the victim, but that is not cool. It's Bakersfield, Kimberly. I don't get that. That is not, that is obnoxious. If you're revving and doing all that. No, Todd, hard pass. So Janae tries to help the police by giving them phone and bank records. The police think he might have been carjacked because he had this fancy sports car. They found the car 20 miles away on a residential street that had seen better days. The neighbors had called the police and said there's this car out front because it was a drug house neighborhood and they thought it was going to get stolen. So Great neighbors living in a drug house neighborhood, I have to say. Very responsible to call the police and say this car is going to get stolen if it's sitting out here for any longer. Was it a drug house neighborhood or are they being like a little bit socio-stereotypical or whatever? Because it's a poorer part of town, so they're just thinking that, or is it like a known drug house? I think it's a known drug house. Okay, just making sure. Okay. Yeah. So the key to the car is on the floor. Oh, boy. It's just been left there, unlocked, unlocked, key on the floor. And one of Todd's guns was sitting visibly in the car, which the police found odd because usually the killer gets rid of the gun. So now it doesn't look like a carjacking. It looks like it was left abandoned and hoped that it would be stolen. Oh, boy. Which is smart if you're going to do that. So... That now it also means that it wasn't just a random carjacking. It was probably somebody that Todd knew. Todd had lied to Janae about where he was going. 
And then on his phone, police find very odd pictures. And Andrea asked the detective all innocently, what are they? And I was like, Andrea, girl, she knows. you know what those photos are. You know, they're sexy pictures from another woman. So the neighbors across the street that are the best neighbors, even though they live in a drug house, say they saw a middle-aged woman drop the car off and walk away wearing glasses and a cap and carrying something. That's very specific. Yes. They're great neighbors. Won't you be my drug house neighbor? (laughs) Because they're amazing. So the police gather security footage from all over town. And they find the person, although at this point they can't tell if it's a man or a woman on the security footage, which is where the footage that Andrea was showing us at the beginning, where she says, can you trust your own eyes? Although they think it's a woman because the neighbors had seen a woman specifically leaving Mm. the car. So right away you see this person walking away, and I notice immediately that she has an extremely long stride and is a fast walker. And I think I noticed that immediately because I have very short legs and I'm constantly walking double time to keep up with tall people like you. I am a very fast walker. The person on the footage looked very tall and has like long legs and these long strides. What video were you watching? The same one we all saw. Longer strides, but not long legs. They looked like they were just hustling. To me, they looked like long legs. No, but okay. Can you trust your own eyes? This is where the witness thing is going to come in because you're seeing something different than I'm seeing. Also, tell me again why the drug house had cameras. <laughs> Great point. Because you don't want to be robbed by your drug dealer. I think these people are stuck in a neighborhood, can't move out, and they have drug neighbors, but they are stuck in this house. And so they have every safety precaution they can have. Is that what we're thinking? That's understandable. Although I'm sure there are lots of, I guess there's not lots of drug houses. I think drug dealers might have cameras. Do you think that they're willingly giving those camera footage to the police? No, but police could get a subpoena. Then they have to, right? These neighbors are very helpful. Right. I have to say. They might be the good eggs in a bad box neighbors, or they could be the police came and said, look, we don't care about the drugs. We're here about a murder. So just we are looking the other way. Just tell us what you know about this car. There we go. Okay. So I've been watching a lot of Chicago PD, and that's the sort of thing they do. You're watching Chicago PD? Yeah. Before other things? That topped the list? Yeah. I was even thinking of going back to the beginning and watching, because I've only seen the last couple seasons, and I didn't watch it the very beginning. What are you doing? Okay, I can't. All right. I like it. So, and you don't have to focus too hard on it. It's fine. I'm watching Dance Moms, and we know I've seen Dance Moms a thousand times, and I went back and started at the beginning. I was like, no, we better start fresh. (laughs) <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I like that dance because I know all the dances. And then Oliver keeps making fun of it. Oh, God, as he should. So they track this woman on the security footage. And this is all within like a couple days of the murder. The police are on it. Yeah. So they follow her on security footage to a Starbucks. Then she goes into this Starbucks and she doesn't buy anything, but she goes into the bathroom and changes her clothes. She puts sweats over her current pants, which is bizarre. And they point out that it's August. How hot does it get in August in Bakersfield? A hundred? In the hundreds, yes. Yeah. 
So that's crazy. And she's also changed her shoes. And then she leaves the Starbucks, again, doesn't buy anything. And they think they see a yellow round lid through the plastic bag she's carrying, which they think is a thing of Clorox wipes. They don't actually say Clorox wipes. So this is companies happy they weren't named on Dateline. But you know that that's what they're saying. He says cleaning wipes. Also, we should just clear this up really quick. There is one detective that we're getting an interview with exclusively the whole time, Detective Brewster. We'll go into more detail about him later, but I just wanted to say this is like there's one detective that this was his case. This was his baby. It wasn't like a team. We're really only getting this one guy. He has a team and he'll mention that he was watching the tapes with the other guys, but this was his passion project. Oh, yes. So after the Starbucks, the figure then goes to a Lowe's where she puts her purse inside of a backpack and she's hiding behind some crates of manure. There we go. So that's not shady looking at all. Then she goes to the Walmart because she's going on a tour all over town, basically. And she goes to the pay phones. And she's walking this whole time. She's let's just walking, say. Yeah. getting all of her steps in. Seriously, that's my title is 10,000 Steps to Murder. That's a good title. It's not bad. So she goes to the Walmart and she goes to the payphone. She pulls out a piece of paper at the payphone, makes a call, like the paper had a phone number written on it, like this whole thing was super planned ahead of time. Then she disappears off camera, and when she reappears, the Clorox wipes are gone from the bag. Then she gets into a taxi and she's gone. So clearly she called a taxi from the payphone. And this is like a full-on heist movie. Like, we are following step-by-step Ocean's 15. Here's the thought that I have. If you're going to this much trouble, this is obviously like very detailed, right? Why don't you look and see where the cameras are at the big stores, at Lowe's, etc.? I think they have them everywhere, so there are very few blind spots, and you wouldn't be able to tell where the blind spots are just from looking at the cameras. And he, she is making their best guess as to that they may not touch the manure bins because nobody would want to steal those. So maybe there's a blind spot there. Yeah, maybe. I just thought about that. The person on the camera is assuming that the cameras are not going to be high quality, which is a great assumption because they are not high quality. So you can't see the person's face because that's not how cameras work, even though we have like GPS and satellite and all sorts of fancy things. Yeah. We cannot see the person's face. But basically, she's they've spotted her. They've seen her whole route. Now, if you don't want to get noticed on security footage, don't wear beta brand pants. Because if you do wear beta brand pants, you will stop traffic. Ain't that the truth? Beta brand customer favorite dress pant yoga pants, which are dress pants that are as comfortable as yoga pants, are made of wrinkle-resistant stretch knit fabric. And they are so comfortable. I speak from experience. They don't dig into your skin. You don't need to unbutton anything so you can breathe, which is good because you have a lot to do after you murder someone. The errands do not stop. Apparently. It's like a list, like a mom on a Saturday afternoon. It's two pages of to-do lists. Mm-hmm. And so you might as well be comfortable, but you still look great. Yeah. 
They have tons of styles like boot cut, straight legs, skinny, cropped. They have a bunch of new styles in all the time. They have these denim with pockets that are really cute. And they have these blue pinstripe ones that I also have my eye on. Ooh, pinstripe's good. I know, really cute. I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, those are dress pants. And then I read the description and how there's no button that's going to, and I'm like, oh, they're like yoga pants. I get it. Mm -hmm. I finally get it. They're dress pants that are comfortable like yoga pants. And the best part for me is that they come, a lot of their pants come in short, petite, petite, regular, and long, which is amazing because I always have to hem pants because I'm, like I said, very short. So beta brand pants would be a great gift for the holidays. They also have blazers and skirts. Check them out. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff now. And also definitely check out their denim line. Yeah, really cute. Really cute. Again, I've been pouring over the site because it's all my mom wants for Christmas is beta brand pants. She's made it very clear for months. <laughs> She's like dropping hints all over the place. It, there's not even hints. It's please get me that and nothing else. So many options though. So I'm trying to like spread it out. So I'm going to get her like one of the denim style and then one of the classic like yoga dress pants. I'm doing like, I'm spreading it out. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love it. Right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order when they go to betabrand.com forward slash dateline. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com forward slash dateline. Find out why women are buying five different pairs of these pants, like Katie's mom. Does she have five yet? She has three right now. All told, in the end, she's going to have like seven or eight. I love it. Because I think she's not just asking me. I think this is like family-wide. So yeah, it's intense. She loves them that much. She does. That's amazing. Go to betabrand.com forward slash Dateline for 25% off. Thank you, Beta Brand. Thank you, Beta Brand. I want my Beta Brand, Beta Brand, Beta Brand. I want my Beta Brand, Beta Brand, Beta Brand. Beta, Beta Brand pants. In four pocket style. So the detectives find out that... Todd's ex-girlfriend from before Janae was the one who sent him those racy texts. So Todd's girlfriend, Carrie, from before Janae was the one who was sending him those racy texts. They had gotten back in touch recently. And Andrea says, it wasn't just, hey, how are you? It was rated R. Oof. Was it though? Well, they were naked pictures. Oh, yeah, nudie pics. But, like, I felt like this, I didn't understand exactly what was happening here. They only show us, like, a few texts. They don't really go into it. It's not a Dennis episode, so we don't get all the hot and juicy gossip. That's true. Andrea is much more composed. So, Janae said she had no idea about the photos or that he was talking to her at all. So, was Carrie involved? She thinks it must have been Carrie then. So they hadn't gotten back in touch in person yet. That's what she says. And she says it started innocently enough, but then Todd texted. This is where we do see the actual message. Todd texts, want to play, which grossed me out. Oh, did it? It really did. It made me very uncomfortable seeing the flirting. Carrie says, no way, married man. So that seems kind of flirting back too, a little bit. No, not at all. That seems like this isn't going to go any further than what we're doing right now. Okay. That seemed like people are bored with their significant other. And so they're like 
dipping their toe into the like sort of dangerous, too much flirty pool, but they didn't actually do anything. But he may have because he said want to play. He definitely wanted to. And she said no way. But then she went on to send him naked pictures. So I don't know. See, that's why I'm saying I feel like we didn't get enough information because we get those texts which don't seem all that racy, to be honest. And then we get nudie pics. So how did that happen? Or was that just a one-off where like Carrie got sort of tipsy one night and was like, you know what, I'm going to mess with him a little bit. And especially because it's not like he'd never seen her naked before. If you used to date someone a long time ago, don't send them naked pictures because your body probably didn't change for the better. So let them imagine you when you were way younger. What are you getting that? What if it totally changed for the better? Unless it did. Yeah. Just no naked pictures. How about just blanket no naked pictures at any time? I don't get that phenomenon. It feels very gross to me. I agree. I don't get it. I don't get it. So I've seen too many Disney stars fall down that rabbit hole. (laughs) No, I'm just no shame on them. Of the nudie selfie? Yeah. It's just it always winds up in the wrong hands somehow. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Police call Janae and said, will you come pick up the car? We're done with processing Todd's car. And Janae doesn't drive a stick, which reminds me of my, our Amazing Race recaps, because that's my biggest pet peeve when they go on the Amazing Race and they don't know how to drive a stick. So she asked Todd's dad, who has a great white handlebar mustache, to come with her. So the police put them in an interrogation room and they're both talking to each other and we see the footage they're like, I thought we were here to pick up the car. Yeah. Why are we sitting in this room? This is very strange. So the police ask Todd's dad and Jane to look at footage of the mystery woman walking around, and they don't recognize the woman. But Janae thinks that this woman has to be Carrie, and that Carrie is the one that did it, the ex-girlfriend. How does she know that Carrie is involved at all? She just assumes, because Todd had no other enemies. And this is the only thing that she can think of was that he was having a fair. Had the police told her about the pictures at this point? Oh, yeah. And she had said, I don't know anything about them. I didn't know she was seeing her. Okay. Okay. Because I'm just like, yeah, that would make sense. But if Carrie's name popped up out of nowhere, that would not make sense. Okay. No. Got it. Sorry, this is all happening within a few days. Yeah. Also, she's the one who helps the police get his cell phone records so quickly. That's right. That's right. So... She thinks that the woman is Carrie, but Andrea says she was dead wrong. So Janae comes to realize in the course of this interrogation or what she thought was just picking up the car is an interrogation. And then it's not Carrie that's the suspect. The police think it's her on the videotape that she's the killer. It was my OMG. I was like, wait a minute, what? Wait, what? I was like, oh, no, they are railroading this woman. They totally think it's her. Janae is very, like, likable. She seems very honest and straightforward with Andrea. Get good vibes. Think that they police are just barking way up the wrong tree and they're going to take this too far. And it's too soon in the investigation. It also doesn't look like her. When I looked at the video, I was like, that's definitely not her. Interesting. I couldn't tell, even if it was a man or a woman. No, I feel like it was a woman. Maybe there's one shot, the one in the Walmart looked like a woman from the payphone. But the ones walking on the street, I don't know. Hard to tell. Very hard to tell. Really hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. 
So she says that the police were getting gruff with her. And she says it was kind of cute. She says, listen, I'm a school principal. I am used to parents coming in screaming at me every day. But finally, the detective was yelling at her. So she says, I want a lawyer. And they say, well, you're under arrest. So they arrest her. Oh, my God. I was shocked. And this is four days after the murder that this is happening. Also, poor Todd's dad is like, can I take the car? What am I doing here? Yeah, exactly. For real. This is awkward. I'm going to go. Like, he's witnessing a fight between a couple or something. Officer, am I free to leave? Awkward. Can I just (laughs) bounce? Thanks. (laughs) So she gets a lawyer. They arrest her. She was never there to pick up the car. Very sneaky. So it turns out they had been suspicious of her since the beginning, which you can say that, but it's only been four days. So it is still the beginning, technically. Yes, correct. It's been very little time. So when they show Janae the tapes of the woman on the security footage, she says, that can't be me. She's too heavy. She didn't say that. Yes, she did. No, but you know what she really said. The F-F-A-T word? I think probably. But I think that's very not nice. Of who? Of Janae, to say that. To say that she thinks this woman is a murderer. Oh, that's true. We do think she... Man, see, I got problems. I just don't like it. Yeah. See, Katie thinks it's not okay to body shame a murderer, whereas I think it is okay to body shame a murderer. We will have this rift until the end of time. It's one of our fundamental differences. The rest of our morals align up perfectly. Yes. So... But I honestly didn't think it was her. I thought the size was different as well. But I didn't necessarily think that the woman on the camera was heavier. She just looked a different shape, period. Well, the the interesting part about that made me realize is that the photos of the on the camera on the security footage take place the day of the murder. We are being interviewed with Andrea Canning probably months after the murder. So we don't know if her body has changed since then. So But we see her in a lot of pictures. We do see her in a lot of pictures, too, but she probably fluctuates like most women do, like most people do, but especially women. I'm saying there was a specific shot that I was like, no, she doesn't carry her weight there the way this person on camera does. That's what I'm saying. Interesting. I saw something else on camera that I guess we'll get to it. Like, what? Yeah, let's, we'll get back to that. I have, you just made me think of something else. Oh, great. So... Everyone is shocked that she's been arrested. Mm-hmm. Her daughters are shocked. Todd's parents are shocked. Everyone at her school where she's the principal is shocked. Janae says, how can this happen in America? And I was like, it happens every day in America. Uh-huh. Get with the program. Watch HBO sometime, Janae. So, I don't know what's on HBO. I know. Why did you say HBO? Lisa, how about listen to a podcast? Good for, yeah, sure. Don't make her buy HBO. No, she doesn't have to. She can use your code? There's lots on HBO. Actually, Adnan Story is on HBO. And that one show that I we both really liked, The Night Of. Are you offering to let her use your HBO No, because I don't actually have HBO right now. So the, here's a big shocker. Another OMG. Mm-hmm. The DA decides not to charge Janae because they don't think there's enough evidence. So the police begrudgingly have to release her. But this detective that we've met the whole time, who is obsessed with the case, he firmly believes that they have the right person, that it is Janae. They just don't have enough evidence because they don't feel like that footage is enough because it's not really clear footage at all. 
It's definitely not enough. I, not at all. So Janae is furious at what they've done to her. She says to Andrea, she said, look, it's fine. I'm the spouse. So you can look at me all you want, but don't waste your time on me or jump to conclusions. Like, you'll be able to clear me right away. I'm the most boring person alive, but then move on to who, find the actual person who did this. So she thinks she's being railroaded. And I find her very believable. Me too. Yeah. So the police still think it's her and that she found out about the ex, Carrie, and the naked pictures, and she was getting revenge on Todd. Although she is still maintaining she did not know about the photos before he died. She did not know that he had reconnected with Carrie. What do you think? I don't know. I think she didn't, but I don't know. I was wrong about a lot of stuff in this, so. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot that we don't know about our spouses and our relatives. That's where StoryWorth comes in. StoryWorth is the perfect gift for a family member that you want to know more, especially family secrets. Yes. And especially this year when you might not be able to get to see that person in person. Absolutely. StoryWorth is an online service. What it does is you gift it to someone, and then every week StoryWorth sends that person thought-provoking questions through their email. And they are questions about their memories, their personal thoughts, questions like, what's a small decision you made that ended up having a big impact on your life? And then they basically kind of journal it out, respond to the question, and you get emailed back their answers. So you get to learn all about them. And then at the end of the year, StoryWorth puts together all the answers along with photos into a big book for you. So it's a really, really cool keepsake. It's the story of their life. It's a book that is the story of their life. Exactly. I got StoryWorth for my mom and reading some of her answers, it's like having a conversation with her. All of the things that drive me crazy, which is like the question prompt is, where did you spend your vacations as a child? And she's telling the story about her and my dad's honeymoon and how two of her cousins became rabbis. And I'm like, where did you go for vacation when you were a child? But even though it drives me crazy now, I will cherish these memories, you know, for a long time. And especially because it sounds like her because she wrote it. So it kind of is rambling and doesn't make a whole lot of sense because that's what it's like talking to Joni. And she'll probably answer that question that you wanted the answer to for a different question. So there you go. You're going to get your answer at some point. Yeah. Eventually. It's in her words, so it's special. I can't wait for the book because it'll be all of my mom's fun and crazy stories all in one book. And I'm hoping there are some secrets in there. Maybe my mom was texting the husband of a principal. Who knows? Oh, boy. But my mom is loving taking this weekly stroll down memory lane and it's a great way to stay connected to someone, especially when you can't see them right now, but you can still get this weekly catch up. But it's not even how was your day, boring things. It's actually deep questions that help you get to know someone's history better. Absolutely. Give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com forward slash date dateline. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. Wow. That's storyworth.com forward slash date dateline. Such a meaningful, thoughtful gift for someone in your life. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Cannot recommend highly enough. Check it out, guys. So 
Janae says that her daughters were home with her the whole morning and that was her alibi. But Todd's parents have now flipped. Mr. Amazing Mustache and Sweet Wife now think Janae is responsible. The daughters are standing by Janae. We go back to Carrie for a second and it turns out the police had cleared her. They had stopped communicating and they had never met up or had an affair in person. And the woman on the video didn't match her. Plus, she has an airtight alibi, which was a parking ticket that she had gotten while she was out with her daughter having lunch or something. Like in a different city. In a different city, hours away. So police also think money was a motive. Todd had several life insurance policies totaling half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. But Janae said that they each had policies on each other and they were old policies. They'd had them for a decade. It doesn't kind of really matter when you get the policies unless you got them the week before they died. I think it absolutely matters when you get the policies. I think anything within a year is a little suspicious. Yeah. And I appreciate you not saying suspicious. <laughs> I tried really hard. It didn't even occur to me, actually. Hi, progress. <laughs> So Janae says, I didn't need the money. I was the breadwinner. Mm. Now she can't get the money because it's still under investigation and she's still the prime suspect. It would be three years before anything new would happen in the case. But Janae would change a lot. Just wait until you see her. I was shocked. I was like, they don't normally like focus that much on looks. I was like, what do you mean until we see her? And then I thought, is Andrea doing a play on wait? Just you wait until you see her. Oh, just you wait, Alexander Hamilton. But also W-E-I-G-H-T. That's very, very possible. What did you think it was going to be? Did you have a thought? I thought it was a full makeover. I was like, oh my goodness, she spent all the insurance money on like plastic surgery. Highlights, plastic surgery, yet extreme plastic surgery. A glow up. But like a crazy glow up. Like the cat woman or like a good glow up? No, just an intense one where it's like, whoa, you look like a completely different person, which she does, but it's not that. Yeah. So so all of these interviews have been from 2013. And so now we're jumping ahead three years to 2016. Mm-hmm. Janae has collected all of the insurance policies by now, except for one. Todd's parents are taking her to court over this one policy because they want the granddaughters to have the money. So Janae has to go to court and dispute this. And the Dateline cameras are there. And she walks into court and Andrea says, we didn't even recognize her. She's lost 100 pounds from lap band surgery. Wow. So I told you guys that it was going to be important. Again, and it's not even that important, but it's important because Dateline makes it important. So (laughs) I feel... They maybe could have just made it a little aside, like, and we didn't even recognize her because she had lost weight from lap hand surgery, but they make it a whole, we're going to commercial break and leaving you hanging. It is pretty shocking. She looks like a different person. They could not have not addressed it. They had to have addressed it. They could have made it less of a plot point, but they made it a plot point. But I kind of think it's interesting that they did because it just put a pin in that. I will finish a sentence in like two hours. I'll finish that sentence. Oh, cool. Okay. Just you wait. Oh, boy. So uh, that's why I wanted to do this episode. It wasn't the point break thing. I figured. It was the Hamilton thing. So she strides confidently into court with a very large stride. And I feel like her legs are long, but I definitely think her stride is long, too. 
Yeah, I feel like it was the arm thing. Well, how would you describe it? Like She swings her arms like a soldier, like sort of halfway up. She just has sort of, she does arm movements when she walks. Which I think you're supposed to. I think it's supposed to help propel you, but she does it to a noticeable degree. Yes. And I feel like everyone else in her cluster of people that are walking into court are kind of having to keep up with her. She's the type of person, if you went to the mall with them, you'd have to keep hurrying up to keep up with them. She's not a slow mall walker. I don't know if that was always the way she walked, though, or if that's just how she was walking on this day. I would like to see some more images of her walking because the daughters make it sound later like she's not a fast walker because she doesn't run. Right. That's true. She doesn't seem like a rusher. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. That part was funny. She doesn't seem like an anxious person or like someone who would like move quickly. I am extremely lazy, don't like to work out, and I don't run, never have, never will, but I do walk pretty fast, partially because I'm short and I have to keep up with everyone, partially because I was an assistant for 12 years. You just get very used to walking fast because you're always getting something for someone. So principals may have to walk fast. I didn't even think of that. Principals might have to walk fast. I feel like they wouldn't. I feel like they sit most of the day. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I gotta say. That's a lot to convict someone based just on this footage of how someone's walking. Mm-hmm. We will both clearly admit to that because we can't even agree on it. So it's like, right? that's the whole point is we can't even agree on it. Yeah. So the daughters say she was so much happier since her weight loss. She was more confident. She was thriving. But she had this hanging over her head the whole time because this detective has still been working the case. These last three years, he is a dog with a bone. So he's looking at photos from Todd and Janae's house, and he sees a photo of the family from a family vacation. They're all standing in front of what looks like a height chart that they put suspects in front of. You know what I'm talking about? That say their heights. I don't know what it's actually called. Height chart. Sure. That sounds right. You know where the suspects stand in front of it. Right. So you can see how tall they are. So it was from a Las Vegas vacation that they went on the summer right before Todd died. It was Todd was killed in August. This vacation was just earlier in that summer. And when they went to Vegas, they went to the CSI experience. Sounds so fun. I'm jealous. So I wonder if it's still there. I know. Hmm. I want to go when we can go. Yeah. When we can go, we're going. Yeah. Yeah. Because we did a similar thing at CrimeCon that was really fun. Oh, yeah, we did. That was fun. It was very short. I feel like this was much more expansive. This seems really intense. Yeah. And then we actually get some footage from CSI, which was crazy. Yeah. So exciting. Also, isn't CSI a CBS show? It is. Interesting. Hmm. Cross-contamination. Are you sure it was actual CSI footage? Was it? Did you see people in it? Actors? I saw Ted Danson. It was pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. Did we get to hear... Who are you? I don't think we got to hear that. I think I heard it in my head, so I can't tell you. I think I heard it in my head, too, and I'm that's why I'm thinking we heard. Yeah, you're right. But I definitely saw Ted Danson. So the detective has never heard of this CSI, the experience. So he flies to Las Vegas, which I thought was dedication. I hope he got a buffet when he was there. I think he wanted to go to Vegas, and so here we go. But also Vegas. My expenses. It's not that far from Bakersfield, but still. But still, here's my receipts. You're you're paying for my buffet. 
So it's like at the one at CrimeCon where they have scenarios and you have to solve them. And one of the scenarios in CSI The Experience is that a woman kills her husband and dumps his body in the desert. Okay. Okay. So it's like walks you through it? Is that what we're thinking it does? It walks you through solving the crime, how the CSI techs would solve the crime. I see. At this point, half the people on Twitter were saying things like, that's just a coincidence. That doesn't mean anything. You're totally reaching. And half the people were like, oh my God, she did it. Which half were you in? There were a couple things that happened that changed my feelings. This was definitely not the only thing, but this was maybe the first thing. Did this start moving the needle? It moved the needle. Me too. Okay. I'm not a huge believer in coincidences when it comes to murder. Yes. I think coincidence happen in real life, but I think to have your husband murdered and then wind up in the desert like a month after you were at an exhibit where you learned how they would solve a woman who killed her husband and dropped him in the desert. That's a pretty big coincidence. Although I'm sure there are millions of people who went to that exhibit and their husbands were not murdered. But I would like some more details about what the forensic steps were that were taken so that we can make like educated guesses on. Right. Well, they showed, the exhibit shows you how detectives would track a cell phone. That's right. Janae's phones, they couldn't track. I don't know if she didn't have, I don't know. They can't, the person on the footage used the payphone In order to not have a cell phone, right. In order to not have their cell phone be traced, even though Janae herself had two cell phones, we learned. One for work and one for personal. But if she's on the video, if that's her, she used a payphone. They showed how you could test footprints and the person on the camera changed her shoes inside the Starbucks, which is strange. And Andrea says to the detective, it's like the principal has gone to some sort of murder school. Mm -hmm. I loved that line. And I was like, sign me up because it sounds awesome. Not that I want to murder, just I want to study murder. Oh, okay. That's a different school. That's detective school. Detective school, criminology school. Mm -hmm. So CSI The Experience also taught them how to wipe down a crime scene. To get rid of DNA, right? To get rid of DNA and fingerprints. And she had those Clorox wipes in her bag. Mm -hmm. And then we learn that they were only able to get one fingerprint off of Todd's car because it was wiped down so well. And that one fingerprint is Janae's. And it's on the driver's side door handle. Janae clearly tells Andrea, I don't know how to drive stick. That's why I needed Todd's dad to come with me to go pick up the car. And it is on the driver's side door handle. And her DNA is on the steering wheel and the gear shift. That's tricky. How much DNA? And would there still be DNA there if she had driven it a week ago and he had also driven it? Would her still DNA still be on it? Or as soon as he drove it, would her DNA be kind of gone? I don't know. But either way, she's lying because she said she doesn't know how to drive stick. But maybe she had to back it in or something. And she's not considering that driving it. She's like, no, I had to move it in the garage. Yeah. I mean, I feel like her defense would probably say something like that. Maybe I'm assuming they did. Yeah. Yeah. She also told everyone that she hated guns. But this family vacation that they had taken that summer included a family shooting trip. So the whole summer was murder school vacation. 
But I feel like you can't, that doesn't mean anything. If everybody's outside shooting guns and she shoots a gun once and they take a picture and are like, oh, mom shot the gun. Even though she said she hated guns. Yeah. She could still hate guns. It doesn't mean, you know. Right. She's not going to participate in the family. Yeah. I'm just trying to refute the things that they're coming up with that, you know. There's just so many of them. That is true. There are so many of them. It's like that circumstantial thing with the pencils that I always talk about, that Kathleen Zellner thing. Yes. And so, but I totally agree with what you're saying, especially about the gun one. That's kind of shaky. Then we see that there's more security footage. We see where the taxi took the mystery woman, which we didn't know this before. It takes her to a Sam's Club a mile away from Todd and Janae's house. And then we see the subject, the man or woman on the camera, running across the street in the direction of their house. So then they find out that three weeks before the murder, Janae went to a Walmart that she never, ever goes to. It's a different Walmart. And they pull up the security footage and they see Janae asking an employee that works there a question. And then they see what they believe to be, or the detective believes to be, her holding her hand up to her head as if she's miming a phone call. So the detective thinks she's asking, where is your payphone? And then she went to scope out the payphone. And this is the Walmart where the suspect went and used the payphone. Yeah. So it's not just a Walmart. It's the Walmart where that person uses the phone. Yeah. Yes. And it's in a weird part. It's like you have to use side door. It's like a loading spot or something weird. It's weird, right? Where the phone was. Yeah. I think so. And again, she has two cell phones. So why is she using this payphone or asking about it? They checked Janae's laptop where she had said she was working the morning when he was killed. And it shows that no one was using her computer during that time. So that was another big turning point. Each one of those has been like turning points. The DNA on the car, the fingerprint on the door, like just each one is more and more. So they arrest her again. And she says, are you kidding me? Yeah. Now Janae is being interviewed by Andrea and it's now 2020. It's at the very beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. And she is a skinny mini. She looks like a totally different person. She's wearing what appear to be civilian clothes. But her hair, I noticed, needed a dye job. She had really long roots. So I was trying to figure out if she's in prison or not. I'm doing that are they in prison dance. Yeah. But she's wearing kind of a blouse. So She's wearing the same blouse she wears into court for the hearing about the life insurance. It's black and white with a little polka dot. Yeah. So before the trial, the police had showed her daughter, Jessica, the security footage right away. She's kind of freaks out and she says, do you have that red backpack? I need to see that red backpack. I know that backpack. And she starts crying. I might know that backpack. If it's the backpack, I think it is. It's very distinctive. It's very distinctive. And she starts crying hysterically and saying, I think that's my mom. And it's hard to watch. It's pretty sad. It's I felt very bad for her. At that moment, it was rough. But now it's been a few years since then. And Jessica thinks she was duped by the police because they also showed her the footage of her mom when it is definitely her mom at the Walmart holding her hand up, doing the 
telephone gesture. So she makes it sound like they showed her all the footage together. And if you're watching it all together, then you would be like, yeah, that's clearly my mom. Yes. So this all must be my mom. She thought that was all the same day. Yeah. So she feels tricked. She was tricked. I can kind of, yeah, I can see her point. So the daughters all think that the mom is innocent and they think it's not their mom crossing the street because she never runs, which I was like, that's what they'll say about me. And <laughs> she doesn't jaywalk either. And she's jaywalking on camera. She says, and I was like, a couple things, though. If you've just committed a murder, your rules about jaywalking probably go out the window and you are trying to go all around town to hide your path. You're definitely not going to follow the traffic lights and things like that. Also, I don't run and I just can't run. I feel you. Janae, I'm with you. Maybe she runs now. I don't know. So they think the woman on the tape might not even be a woman, that it might be a man. Thoughts? I see what they were saying about the running, but everyone looks crazy when they run. So it doesn't really matter. I don't know. It looks like a woman, though, to you. In the Walmart, it does. Not the Walmart where she's asking about the phone. In the Walmart when she's at the payphone, yes. It's also where you. I feel like we get the clearest view of her figure, which is why I thought Janae's was different than the woman in that Walmart. But okay. I don't know. I could be wrong. So Jessica's now saying, yeah, we had a red backpack growing up, but I haven't seen it in years. And I understand like why she's backtracking now because she wants to believe her mom is innocent and her sisters believe that her mom is innocent. And she feels like she was railroaded by the police. But that gut reaction when she saw the backpack, they didn't point out the backpack. She brought up the backpack when she's looking at the footage and it's a guttural kind of reaction. I think that your brain can believe anything you need it to believe. And if you have family rallies around potential murderer on your bingo cards, you can mark this off. I think she is going to, her brain's going to go into survival mode and yeah. it's going to tell you whatever it needs to tell you. Yeah, because That's what I think. you now saying that, yeah, we maybe, we had a red backpack, but we haven't, I haven't seen it for years. That's not at all what you said on the tape. It also doesn't help your mom's case. Right. That's true. It means the backpack was thrown away. I think she says when I was younger, I was growing up. So that was like way before the murder. So she's trying to say we didn't even have the backpack at the time of the murder, which is not what you said on the interrogation footage. You make it sound like that is your backpack that is currently being worn by the murderer on the tape, which means you currently still have the backpack. No, I think it was more like this was a backpack that was in our household, not that was my backpack. So she needs to see the backpack. Regardless if she hadn't seen it in years, she needs to see it because that was a backpack that they used for all sorts of different things. Everybody used it, you know? I'm sorry, were the police not able to uncover anything from the trash cans? I feel like they were looking at this footage fairly quickly after, and I think that you'd be able to go to a trash can outside Starbucks and how many people are throwing away shoes and get a pair of shoes? I mean, Starbucks probably takes out their trash a million times a day, but it goes to a dumpster. They could have maybe searched a dumpster. Right. So could they maybe have searched the dumpster unless the dumpster had been taken out? You know what? That would be the smartest way to do the crime is to do it right before trash day where the dumpster goes to the dump. For sure. If this case has taught us anything, it's that when you go grocery shopping, you're always on camera. And if you run into the grocery store, everyone is looking at what you're buying, being all nosy, judging you, or maybe that's just my hang up. Anyways, 
I like to get my food delivered. And since I am lazy and never learn to cook, I'm not likely to do it unless it comes right to my door like HelloFresh. I can get easy and convenient, no contact delivery right to my door with simple step recipes and pictures because I'm a visual learner. So it's really helpful to have the pictures in there. HelloFresh delivers fresh, high quality, pre-portioned ingredients Over 90% are sourced directly from growers for peak flavor and ripeness. And because they're pre-portioned, you're not overbuying and wasting extra food, which I do all the time and I hate it. Mm. You know when you buy like a thing of broth for a recipe and you only need a cup of it and you don't want to waste the rest, so you're trying to put leftover broth in everything? Yeah, or it sits in the fridge for six months before you finally throw it out. Yeah. Yeah, I try to be like, can I make this cereal into soup? Can I pour broth over this sandwich? No, that's a terrible idea. Cereal is already technically a soup. So yeah, you can't. So you can't add broth to it. With HelloFresh, they send you exactly what you need. It's amazing. I recently made the garden spinach ricotta ravioli. Mm-hmm. It was, it's vegetarian. It is calorie smart. And it no joke took 15 minutes to make. And I didn't mess it up because it was that easy. Delicious. Highly recommend. HelloFresh is also committed to donating to those in need. So far in 2020, they've donated 3.5 million meals, which we love. Wow. I know. Isn't that great? Amazing. So go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline90 and use code Dateline90 to get $90 off. That's amazing. Including free shipping. Again, let's go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline90 and use code Dateline90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. Such a good deal. Ring, ring. Hello? Fresh. America's number one meal service? You betcha. (laughs) Thanks, Minnesota. Thank you, HelloFresh. So Janae's trial starts in 2019. The prosecutor says she created a very clear lesson plan on how to kill her husband. Get it? Mm -hmm. She's a school principal. Clever. Mm -hmm. They think she didn't love her husband anymore. This kind of part kind of got me. They show her office and she has tons of photos of her daughters, but she doesn't have any photos of her husband. Not even one in her office. It felt kind of weird to me. Yeah, that's weird. That's just that's weird, right? Let us know if that's weird. You're married. If you had photos up, you would have one of Oliver. I'm sorry, was this when they came to the office after the murder and she had taken them down because they were making her really sad? I think this was probably before she'd gone back to work because they probably went to her work in the first four days. So it probably didn't have time to make it her sad. It's very strange. It's a little strange, right? It's very strange. Yes. Not a little strange. It's very strange. I thought so too, but I thought, but I'm not married. I don't know, but it seems weird. So then we hear from a neighbor, not the drug house neighborhood neighbor, but a neighbor of Todd and Janae. And the morning of the murder, she says she saw Todd's car pull out of the garage with Todd driving and a woman wearing a baseball cap and sunglasses in the passenger seat. So the police think they drove somewhere together that morning. She had maybe confronted him about the photographs on his phone And he had said, well, we can't discuss this with the kids around, so let's go someplace private. So they drove to the Almond Grove where she shot him and pulled him out of the car and left him there with his wallet so they could identify him. 
his wallet was there, by the way. And then she cleaned up and went home so that when the police got there, she could do her widow act. Can I ask a very important question, though? Yeah. If you were going to go to all this trouble, you know the police are going to have to have a suspect. Yeah. Wouldn't you try to make it look like a robbery or a drug deal or something instead of just this weird murder? Because you're going to be the only suspect. Yeah, I think leaving the wallet there is a mistake because that makes it look like it wasn't a robbery. It's weird. They thought it was maybe a carjacking at first. So it kind of worked for a second, although they found the car before it was carjacked. If those neighbors had not called the police, that car probably would have been stolen. It was unlocked and had the key in the front seat. So that car would have been stolen within a day or two. So thank God for those neighbors who called the police. They're kind of heroes. So she, they think she sanitized the car, wiped up the blood, because there would have been blood spatter. She could have washed the gunshot residue off herself, though, pretty easily, I think. And she changed her clothes, probably threw out her old clothes and changed her shoes and all that. And then she hopped all over town, concealing her identity. It's not a bad plan, honestly. Like, it seems kind of well thought out and... It's not bad. Not at all. Right? We've seen way dumber plans on Dateline. No, it's an incredibly smart plan. It's just there's some things that like it seems like a couple steps were missed, but the, Mm. the camera's got it. The camera's got this person followed that route and literally it led back to her neighborhood. That's really damning. Who else is it? Some a neighbor? Right. One of the daughters? Right. I don't know. Great point. So it is her defense attorney's turn now. And he's sitting with Andrea wearing, if I can skip ahead to fashion, please. He's wearing a lilac V-neck sweater, which I have not seen. He's wearing a sweater, no collared shirt. Yeah. And I was shocked because usually defense attorneys always in suits on Dateline. Always. Always. I don't think we've ever seen a V-neck sweater. Very casual look. Needs some beta brand pants to dress him up. So the defense says that the daughter saw her mom that morning. So she has an alibi. She was working and watching TV and doing laundry all at the same time when the daughter saw her, except that her computer says that she wasn't working. So I don't know. They accuse the detectives of hiding evidence because the detectives had shown friends the security footage. And when they couldn't identify Janae as that person on the camera, they didn't enter it into evidence. Ooh, that's bad. That's big. Absolutely. And they say the neighbor was wrong. Janae couldn't have been in the passenger seat when the car was backing out of the garage because the door was too close to the garage wall. So Todd always backed out first and then made the person get in the passenger side. And the defense attorney says, Janae would never fit. She was way too big. <laughs> I was like, oh God, he says it. But that's true. I, you see, the it's a good point that he's making. Unless she's just imagining the pulling out of the garage. And meant later. She meant like a couple seconds after and Janae had already hopped in. So they say that there's proof that she isn't the woman on the security tapes. She says that she always wears glasses because she's nearsighted. At this point, I got really excited that we were maybe going to see a My Cousin Vinny moment. Oh, boy. That recently was in the news where he holds up the fingers in the trial. (laughs) So the woman on the tape is wearing sunglasses and Janae did not have 
prescription sunglasses or contacts. But Mm. wait, just you wait. The detective that has been doing this case his whole it seems like his whole career it's only been a few years he is watching the trial he postponed his retirement to keep working this case that's how badly he wants to get janae so he starts to pray that she will get caught in a lie and she does she takes the stand and she's talking about how she hates contacts she never wears them it's been years since she tried them and she was blind without them So that person on the camera could not be her because they're wearing sunglasses and she did not have prescription sunglasses. So the defense attorney shows the court her eye doctor records that shows that she has bad eyesight. But the prosecution also gets to view these records since they're now part of the record of the court. And they see that with their 2020 vision that a month before the murder, one month before the murder, During her summer murder school vacation, she had gotten two boxes of contacts after she took the stand and said she hated contacts, never wore them, didn't have them. She had them and she got them a month before the murder. So they call her on it. And I wish so badly that there were cameras during her testimony because now I'm like 90% sure that she did it. At least 90. That was big, right? That's a huge coincidence. And you're lying about it. It was a big lie. It was a problem. And we see it on Dateline. Yeah. So Andrea asks Janae, what was your vision at the time of the murder? Were you wearing glasses or contacts? And her lawyer off camera says, don't answer that. But she does anyways. And she says glasses. Absolutely not contacts. And then she says, I spoke my truth. She says, my truth. I never like that. I don't like that. Sorry. I'm sorry if people out there say that. I don't like it. It makes me immediately think that you're lying. Yeah, it's not good. If you do say it, maybe consider stopping doing it. (laughs) She says, I know that I never wore contacts in 2013, but just you wait. Cut to Dateline and Andrea Canning fully solving the murder. Mm -hmm. So Andrea says to Janae, well, in 2013, when you say you weren't wearing contacts, you weren't wearing glasses when I was interviewing you. Oh, boy. And Janae kind of stumbles and blinks a lot and says, well, there was a it's like the one time she seems off her game. Yes. And says, well, there was a time where I would take glasses off for pictures because I thought I looked better without them. And then our queen, Andrea, says, well, we walked around the yard for our B-roll and we see them walking around. And she says, you didn't seem to be struggling to see. Oh, boy. And Janae says, I just don't recall that. Yeah. That's bad. It's bad. And she's not squinting or anything. Like, I wear glasses and I squint when I'm not wearing them if I can't see things. She's not. And Andrea says, but you... And she's talking to us. I wish she says, but you audience member, except she doesn't say audience member. You might recall another thing she said in 2013. And they cut back to the 2013 interview. And she's talking about how she wanted to see her daughter, Jessica, in the court when she was first arrested. And she says, I know she wants me to look at her, but I can't see. I didn't have my contacts. I didn't have my glasses. And then it's like a record scratch. And Andrea says, did you catch that? Let's play it again. Yo, boy. 
they go back and they play it again where she says, I didn't have my contacts, I didn't have my glasses. Like talking very naturally. Totally naturally, yep. Like you would talk if you had glasses and contacts. You're just reciting the things that you didn't have because when she was arrested, she didn't have them on. She either wore contacts or glasses is what that sounded like. And I remembered that. I remembered that statement. Did you remember it from earlier? I can't remember if I remembered it or if I needed Dateline to point it out to me. I probably needed Dateline to point it out to me. I remembered it because I thought about you aren't allowed to have contact lenses in prison. And I thought about how much more difficult that would make prison life to not be able to see. No, you are. I I think they just she didn't have them on when she was arrested and they didn't like let her get them. And it had only been a few days when she before she was going to court. Right. Someone could probably bring them to her. Yeah, that is weird, though, that they went. That seems like decent human condition. Like you have to have a toilet. You have to have water. You have to be able to see. So that does seem weird. So they also show her walking into court and they have that image on one side of the screen and the woman on the tape walking to show that the stride is similar. Yeah. And that is pretty. It's not great. It looks very similar. Not that I would convict on that alone, but because I'm sure a lot of people walk the same, but that is very similar when they do it side by side. So the defense has to try to repair the damage in his closing argument. And he sounds so dejected now. He's sad Eeyore now. It's like he hates his life. He does. He's like, we showed you there were no prescription sunglasses. And yes, there were contacts, but there's a million photos of her and she's always wearing glasses. She always wore glasses. She didn't like contacts. So then why did she buy them two months before the murder? Also, Janae just told Andrea that she took off her glasses for photos. And that completely contradicts what that defense attorney said. Yes. Which is that she always wore them in every photo. So I should be a detective. It would make sense, though, if that she didn't want them on for a Dateline interview. But here's the thing. I've been friends with you for a really long time. I know you have contacts. I know you do. Mm -hmm. Because I've taken some of yours before for when I was desperate. And I never wear them because I don't like wearing them. You don't like wearing them, but you would wear them for a Dateline interview, I bet. Because you would be worried about glare from camera or whatever. I think I wore them when we did our thing in New York. I'm pretty sure you did. So there you go. I feel like a lot of glasses wearers have contacts as backup. So wait, are you saying that that goes for her point or against her point? I'm saying that her saying that she just didn't wear glasses and wore nothing makes no sense. You just wear contacts for that day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was a foolhardy thing to go on for the defense. Go on the stand and say, it can't be me because I don't wear contacts, never have Never will. Except in extenuating circumstances like a Dateline interview or when I've committed a murder. Right. But to be true, she has to say, I don't even own contacts. Right. But why did the defense use her eye records and enter them into evidence, which gives the prosecution the chance to look at them and see that it shows that she bought contacts? It's really stupid. Like, you guys didn't see that she... Like, I feel like the attorney is really mad when he's doing his closing. Like, I can't believe she didn't tell me that she had contacts, that she got them a month before the murder. Like, that information you were privy to as well. 
Right. You could have, if you were building your whole defense around the fact that she'd never had contacts. Maybe you should check it. You should make sure that she never had contacts. So Janae, though, for some reason is super confident. She is so sure she's getting out. And she thinks not only are they going to say she's not guilty, they're going to say this was a travesty. This was a farce. Like throw things over and be like. Like a tomato. Yeah. Innocent. Yeah. Like the things that only happen in the movies. How dare ye? Throw this out. Mm-hmm. You should lose your job, sir, for accusing this innocent woman. Like yes. the whole courtroom is going to burn down because it it's such a travesty of justice. So the jury is out for eight days. That's another really long one. That's really long. That's over. That's so long. And Janae is smiling excitedly in court like she's totally going to be found innocent. I thought she was. Did you? Eight days. Yes. Because eight days. Yeah, it's so long. Because eight days. Yeah. But she's found guilty and her face, the smile just instantly fades, obviously. Yeah. And the defense attorney is just next to her with no expression except why didn't you tell me about those contact lenses? Exactly. So Todd's parents say they don't see the granddaughters and they miss them so much. And it's very sad. And the daughters are supportive to the mom and they don't want to see the grandparents. And Andrea says to the daughters, your grandparents say they really miss you. And the one daughter, I don't want to be judgy because I think it just came off not great. She kind of flips her hair and says, I don't know what to say to that. It doesn't sound like she cares that much, but she's been through a lot. So it's fine. I just think it came off differently than she intended it to be. I didn't think it was that bad. I think that it was a really awkward position that Andrea put them in. That's a really personal thing. It is. And then Andrea, I felt like threw her a line though and said, well, it's hard. It's complicated. We could like, we can all understand that this is a complicated situation kind of. Maybe she made it awkward first, but then she maybe smoothed it over after. It was pretty awkward. Yeah. So Jessica, the oldest daughter, she feels like it was all her fault because she recognized her mom on the tape and her sisters are telling her it's not her fault and she's crying. And Andrea is very sweet and says, I don't think it was just the tape, which is very sweet to make Jessica feel better. But by saying... I don't think it was just the tape. She's also saying there was a lot more that they convicted her on. Jessica, your mom, there was a lot. But it's definitely true that it wasn't the tape. It wasn't the tape. Like it just, they had oodles and oodles of things on this. Yeah. So she shouldn't feel badly. No, not at all. The daughters are still fighting. And Janae, who has been in jail all along, since this new interview, so mark it off the bingo cards, they tricked us. Mm-hmm. But you can't trick with those roots. Those roots will get you every time. Yeah, that was smart. Good looking out. I did not notice that. You are very clever. Good job on that. I'm shocked that I noticed. So she's planning to appeal. And I think that thing where the police showed the footage to friends and when they couldn't say that that was Janae, they didn't put it into evidence that they had interviewed someone and showed them the footage, that's really bad. If they use it in trial, it's bad. If they talked about Jessica looking at the footage, which I don't know if they did because then they would have had to bring Jessica to the stand and she would have said completely, I was tricked by the police. It would have made the police look worse. So I don't even think that came up in trial. So that's why also Jessica shouldn't feel bad. I don't think they used it. 
they didn't use the part where she saw the backpack. Correct. Interesting. I don't think they used it. I don't think they could without bringing her to the stand. And she's too much of a liability for the prosecution to bring. They did use the footage like that. We think this is her and the route and stuff like that. But they didn't use Jessica's. Right. No, totally. But they did use the footage. So can't the defense say, but they did show this footage to people and didn't put it in evidence. So they're talking about the footage in the trial. Oh, yes. They might be able to do that. Yeah. Law. Good question. And I'm making that hand gesture where you put your hand up like she did in the Walmart tape. By the way, that Walmart tape was really grainy. It's hard to tell if that's what she's doing. She does bring one hand up to her face, but it's hard to tell if she's doing a full on telephone gesture. But she also could very clearly be going, look at me like this. You can't see if there's a thumb out or not. You can see that she's bringing her hand up to her face and it looks like she's doing a fist, but she could have a thumb out and you wouldn't be able to see it like pointing it. Hey, is my car okay? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh. Very easily. Or she doesn't have a cart with her and she walks right by the entry and then she goes back and looks where the carts would be on the inside of the Walmart when you walk in through the double doors and on the right or the left, there's a carts. She could have also been like, hey, there's no carts left. She was going into a Walmart with no cart. That's rare. I do that, but I'm crazy and I love to carry enormous heavy things in my hand. I do that too. I go and I think I'm getting one thing. Every time. So I might get a basket and then it's way too heavy of things. For, it's like eight things of oat milk in my basket. I'm kicking the basket down the aisle because I can't carry it. Story of my life. Or double baskets rather than a cart. Oh, God. No, I've never done double baskets. I do. That's a good technique. It's terrible. I feel like we. it could be several things, her doing that. Yeah, But I feel like thumb out and pinky finger out is phone. That's phone. This is also phone. Just fist. Just fist. Yeah, I can see that. Or she just had an itch. No, she's doing a gesture. Oh, you really feel like she's doing a gesture. Okay. But I really feel like she could be asking about something else. Could she just be going, hey, that guy behind me, he looks just like Denzel Washington, right? Yes. She could be doing anything. She could say, hey... There's three carts in the parking lot blocking a spot because then she walks back through the gate and is looking at something. But isn't that also where the payphones are or where the payphone is? I have no idea. Really difficult to tell, but I'm saying that could be refuted. Yeah, it's like a lot of these things just on their own wouldn't be enough, but when they're all together. Yeah, that's what you don't like, yeah. Because they used to have only circumstantial cases, except for the rare cases that someone saw someone committing a murder. It used to be all circumstantial before they had DNA. Now it's like you have to have DNA or you don't have anything. In this case, they actually do have DNA and a fingerprint. It's not great. There's lots of things that aren't great. Yes. But it's funny, like my perception of her completely shifts halfway through the episode. Me too. We both feel like we're good judges of character, even though we don't always agree. But I feel like we were both hoodwinked. Yeah. B-roll bonanza? Yes. Todd on a horse and with pet pigs. So mark off horse B-roll because it's now on the bingo cards. Oh, there we go. And Janae has your mom's bangs with the hair down and the hair up. Some of the pictures. So did Carrie. Carrie had the full Liz bangs. Oh, good stuff. And uh, Todd's parents looking through a photo album. And I was like, I knew I liked them. And also a detective brewer in the police car. Detective brewer standing on the street and really, really awkwardly. He had no idea what to do with his hands. It's like this shrug off shoulder thing. He's jumpy. So like it's either that his suit is itching him 
<laughs> or it's a Twitch thing, but it's an awkward Twitch. Yeah. He is the most awkward interview I've seen in a minute. Yeah, he's very awkward. Andrea was pulling teeth a little bit. I could tell she was trying to get in there with him, but he was very like... He's jumpy. A little bit. Twitchy. A little bit. But I feel like I prefer that to a really overly smooth detective who thinks he's the bomb. Oh, okay. Because I feel like that is annoying too. Sure. The fashion police, the mom is wearing the same shirt on the Dateline interview that she wore to the trial over the life insurance. And I didn't know if they were being interviewed the same day or if that's her lucky top. I think it might be her lucky top. So is Janae. Really? I thought Janae was too. The mom is wearing this plaidish shirt and the dad is wearing a plaidish shirt as well. Yes. But the mom's is like a blouse version and it's a more spread out pattern and it's purple. Yeah. And they're both wearing the, I think the dad is too, the same thing. So it's either the same day interview, but I feel like it wasn't. I feel like it's much later. So like years later. So then I feel like that's their good top. That's their favorite top. Also, Travis, the dad keeps saying how Todd was like a cowboy, but the dad is wearing a cowboy shirt. He's wearing a snap button shirt. I was like, where do you think he got it, Pops? <laughs> Again, I need to reiterate that Todd is handsome. He is handsome. Todd was a handsome guy. Yeah. And seems sort of sweet and soft-spoken. Yeah, he was not the ugly fat guy that she was looking to marry. Yeah, they also, she also said that he was working in loss prevention at uh, CVS. Is he a security guard when they met? Or asset, no, so she said asset protection. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Asset protection is a very fancy way to say security guard, and I would like to use that in daily life. <laughs> I like it. But I think asset protection is probably someone who is from corporate that goes from store to store and makes sure like their numbers are adding up and their inventory and how much loss they're getting. No, I could not disagree more. I think that asset protection is what you put on a resume when you were a security guard. <laughs> Maybe. For sure. I don't know. Do you watch Superstore? No. They have people that like do loss prevention and stuff like that. I don't think that Todd worked for corporate CVS and she made more money as a principal. No, that's true. That's very true. I think that's very nice of you. But I think that he when they first met and it was like one of his first gigs. I mean, he was young. Well, and then he became a trucker. Yeah, he was a young guy. But truckers make good money, too. Oh, yeah, I they think. definitely do. So principals must make good money if she was the breadwinner. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Do you have titles? Yeah, I sure do. Do you? I have Lion Eyes. Oh, I like it. A weighty conclusion. Walk like a Janaya. Gen <laughs> Can't see the murder for the almond grove. Oh. Blind to the truth. Take a chance on murder because his last name was Chance. Love it. Close contact murder. <gasps> I wrote close contacts. There you go. And then walking in Bakersfield instead of that song, Walking in Memphis. Okay. I love it. There we go. What do you have? Lying in wait. There you go. There you go. That's it. Oh, that's perfect. But wait is spelled W-E-I-G-H-T. No, that's and it. just you wait. It's elementary School principal, my dear Watson. That's good. Dateline, colon, the CSI experience. There we go. Almonds, sex, lies, and videotape. There wasn't a lot of sex. Almonds, lies, and videotape. Okay. It's not good. This is my favorite. Principal suspect. There. That's very good. That was great. 
think we both did good. Do we have any tweets or no? I do. Oh, good. I saved a bunch of people who were totally thrown just because in case you were not totally thrown and thought she did it from the beginning, I could have backup that it wasn't just me. Really? <laughs> so nervous. Wow. I was going to be the only one who was fooled. She fooled everyone. Dateline producer says in October, Janae was transferred to the woman's prison in Chowchilla. There she may meet Angela Rodriguez, who poisoned her husband, Frank, and Olga Rutterschmidt, who killed two homeless men after taking out life insurance on them. Olga! Olga's still with us. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Brad Milner, these daughters are as dense as a bad cake on Great British Bake Off. And I said, amazing tie-in to both our podcasts. Keisler Sose said, Janae will look great in that extra small prison jumper. That was weird that she had gotten the lap band before she murdered him. Yeah, she had gotten it before, but hadn't really kickstarted the weight loss until after. That's what she told Andrea. How soon before? I would like, I sort of was curious about that. I feel like everything, it was like that month before. So maybe that was it too. She's like, new body, I'm going to wear contacts, I'm going to murder my husband. Oh, boy. New year, new me. Except yeah. in, for she's a principal, new school year, new me. Oh, yeah, because it's August. There we go. Mm-hmm. Real soused wife said, Janae thought she was going to get a standing ovation from the jury, apparently. Yeah, she was really cocky. Lady Rover, is it just me or does Janae look so innocent before the weight loss and guilty of sin after the weight loss? Oh. A few people thought that. Yeah, that's sad. But true? Kind of, a little bit. What do you think? It could be that she looks guilty because she's been in prison, which we find out at the end. She looks very tired. She looks very tired, so that could be. Sally B, I can't believe my cousin dragged me to the Museum of Erotica in Vegas when I could have gone to the CSI school. (sighs) You went to a Museum of Erotica with your cousin? (laughs) Could tell us more, girl. Awkward. No. Brad Milner, Girl, you're not innocent simply because you're an elementary school principal. You have teachers who grease themselves up and worship teddy bears. Anyone is capable of anything. Who? Who is doing that? Brad, do you have something to tell us? Haley Deanna said, stop with the elementary school principal stuff. My first grade teacher got arrested for meth. Y'all aren't saints. Wow. (laughs) I want to know more about that, too. Yeah, I want to know more about that. Kaiser Sose said, ugly fat men can be jerks, too. Along with a photo of our beloved Big Ed from 90 Day Fiance. Oh, boy. Who we hate. He's not beloved. Boy. Bumblebeeb said, with her having lost that much weight, kind of hard for a jury to see her as the person in the videos. thought that was a very interesting point. Very interesting. They can't picture it. Could that have been part of her plan? Ooh. In case I do get caught on camera... I'm going to look so different by the time the trial starts that they won't even be able to comprehend that it's me. No, but that's very interesting. I did not think about that. Don Sparrow said, I wish people knew how dumb they sound when they say my truth. And Gail said, my truth equals not the actual truth. Yes, it really does. Because it's not like this isn't the truth. It's my truth. Yeah, it really sounds terrible. It just sounds guilty. Don't do it. Please don't do that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Let us know what you think. I think we concluded we think she did it, right? You sound like you've concluded that. I'm unsure. What percentage of you thinks that she did it? 
68%. Oh, interesting. 68 to 75%. It doesn't seem to go with who I'm seeing on the screen, but maybe she's that good. She should have been an actress. She's so, does she comes across so innocent and so well in the first half of the dateline. Well, we're also missing something really important here. What are we missing? Why? Yeah, that's a great point. Why did she kill him? Right. Was it for the money? Was it she didn't want to get a divorce? Was it because she did find out about the other woman? She was crazy jealous? I don't know. She didn't do anything with the other woman. But she saw those photos, so maybe that was enough. It doesn't seem like enough to murder someone, to be honest. It really doesn't. Yeah. So why did she do it? I don't know. But then who did? Really good point, too. Who did and went to those lengths to disguise their movements? Who did and why? And walked right back towards their house. Right. Very strange. If someone framed her, they did a great job. And who would care enough to do that? Exactly. Man, this is rough. This is a mind bender. I can't get rid of the no fingerprints except for one of hers. Yeah, that's a really hard one. And then the person that was in all those videos doing all that detailed stuff literally ends up in her neighborhood. That's bad. A mile from her house. What? And walking in that direct, running across the street in that direction. Yeah. I mean, that person is doing some really shady stuff on that camera. Yes. Hiding behind bags of manure and stuffing bags into each other. Yeah, that's really bad. Going into Starbucks and changing your shoes and pulling a pair of pants over another pair of pants. It seems like that person is the murderer, but who is that person? But who is that person? It's a great episode. It's a great episode. It's a thinker. I wondered if anybody is thinking of something that we didn't think of or we missed. Yeah. If you've got a water shoes, let us know. Yeah, we want to know. Thank you. I'm going to be thinking about this for a minute, so we'll figure it out. Why do all that lying about the context? You're just going to get caught. Why is that the thing that you hang your hat on? Why didn't you watch your Dateline interview? I did love that. Did you catch that? Let's go back. Rewind. (laughs) I loved it. It was very good. Dateline solved the case. Come on. So good. Andrea should be a detective. There were other things that led to it, but yes, it was an important part. Yeah, but they caught the lies about the contacts and how they she wasn't wearing them in the interview or when they were walking around. Yeah, but the other people, but they caught them too. I mean, they didn't use that in trial, did no. they? I don't know. I don't know. I hope they did. That would be great. They used them in the trial of public opinion, i.e. Dateline. <laughs> we, we judged them accordingly. We were the jury. Judge and jury, K and K. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please continue to wear your masks. Take care of each other. Be careful out there. Be safe. And don't get whammed because by the time this airs, it will have just started. So go to our social media for instructions if you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. If those words mean nothing to you. (laughs) Good luck. I'm really sorry. that Kimberly's going to talk about it for this entire month. So you might just need to figure out what that means because it's not going away. It's just going to get more. and more intense and become a larger part of the conversation. So if the past has taught us nothing, is that's what's coming. So figure it out. You sound unhappy, Katie. It's my favorite time of year. <laughs> so bitter. Kimberly's Amazing. very invested in that, in Whamageddon. And that's okay. I like it because the listeners get really into it. It's a fun game for us all to play together. It is fun. It's a good time. So seriously, no, go check it out. It's a fun Some thing. Some lighthearted fun. Yes. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening.
Let her play with the mouse. Lucy has this little mouse, and she's been throwing it around the room. She was throwing it during the feed, and then Hildy just wanted to get in on the action, but Ulysses is like, this is a solo yeah. mouse-throwing operation. I got it. That's how I feel about this podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> no, I meant it should be. Oh. <laughs> I'm oh. kicking you off. <laughs> Am I getting the boot? I'm getting Doss boot, really, already? <laughs> We weren't supposed to go to the gun show. I haven't talked to him about it. Oh, officer, did you mean this gun show and points to his bicep? I would have loved that. Especially dad humor. Yeah. That would have been amazing. But this is actually a really tragic circumstance, so completely inappropriate. Horrible for you to make that joke, but also... Yeah, maybe we should move that joke to the end, too. Thank yeah. <laughs> You're not my real dad, and you never will be. <laughs> right. Well, would you like to be a bride? I can see it as being a good reward for a child for going along with the wedding. I can see that. There might be other reasons, too, that I just can't think of. But anyways, let's move on. I'll tell you my real thoughts on a Patreon episode, maybe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so she says she's too heavy. What did you think of that? I also have struggled with my weight for a long time, and... You never quite know exactly what you look like. Speaking for myself only, but from a lot of other women I've heard of. And then you kind of catch yourself in the mirror or you see a photo of yourself and you're like, oh my God, is that what I look like? So I think Janae kind of had a similar reaction. If you've ever like see, caught yourself on a security footage in the grocery store or something, it can be shocking. I hate it. I hate it. The bank ones, the bank cameras where you're like, come on. Come on, man. And I look up and it's like, oh, I am 85. Cool. <laughs> I don't know if guys have that or if guys just think, oh, I look good on that camera. I think everybody has it. I think humans have everybody it. Everybody has it. I think. Yeah. It's a really good way to like bring you back down to earth. It's kind of like your driver's license photo. And then it comes in. You're like, oh, my God. Why? Mm -hmm. Also, you don't see your face the same way a camera shows your face. That's cruel. That's a cruel joke. You know, when you're looking in a mirror, you see yourself one way and then you're seeing yourself different angle from the camera and the camera can do things to your under eye bags and your extra bits on your hips and your... You think? The stain on your shirt that you thought wasn't that noticeable. Turns out it's very noticeable. Oh, yeah. And I always make a face when I look in the mirror. I try not to, but I know I make a face because I've just I've done it for years. And like you could make fun of me for it. I don't know why I do it. I think it's like how I think my face looks, but it doesn't look like that. I'm making a face when I look in the mirror. <laughs> so I don't know why I think that like I'm walking around with that face on. I'm not. That's hilarious. I also can look at my mirror from the mirror on the good side all the time. So whenever I see dead on, I'm like, oh, whoa. <laughs> frightening but yeah i think it was a very human thing to see you can't keep using sex lies and videotape i'm gonna stay like right now i'm using it as a this is the moratorium on it you're done okay fine you've used it like six times i've let it go i've been really cool about it i'm putting the kibosh on it you have you have and i know that i use a few so the next time you are allowed to, to do the same to me if I'm trying to reuse okay. certain phrases. That's yeah. fair. Okay. Fine. It's a, it's a fair exchange. <laughs>